5. In the earlier part of chapter 15, Jesus gives a command. And it's not a suggestion, it's a command. And we're not accustomed to being given commands. Us men are, from our wives, we're accustomed to it, but you women are not accustomed to commands. And we sort of chafe at uh, being commanded. Most of us want to hear words of reason, words that uh, we understand, uh, words of good meaning. Uh, in, In my son's early years, me being their father, I would tell them something to do. And if they questioned it, I had a pat answer for them. Yours is not to wonder why. Yours is but to do or die. They didn't like that reply. But uh, that's what they got. And my daughter, who's given me grandchildren, she's a good Christian mom. She will tell her children several times what they must do. And after the several times, she will usually give a countdown. All right, I'm going to count to five or whatever. And I tell her, save yourself a lot of grief. Tell your children once and mean it. That's all you got to do. Just tell them once and mean what you say. However, in our passage in John uh, 15, verses 9 through 17, Jesus tells his disciples in verse 10, two times he tells them just in one verse there, abide in my love and keep my commandments. Verse 12 and 14, do as I command you. Verse 17, I command you, love one another. So Jesus tells us and his disciples, show your love of me by obeying me. In other words, do my commandments. And being obedient to God and his word brings Jesus joy. He says, show your love by just being obedient. Now there's a most assuredly And that's know and understand that we have been chosen by God. And we've been appointed by God to bear fruit. We have a purpose. And bearing fruit brings us eternal rewards, but it brings us happiness here on earth. Remember when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, he says, do likewise. And you'll be happy. You got to get outside of this self to enjoy being happy. When we look at ourselves, we can get critical or whatever, but you got to be serving to really be happy. So let's look at today's text, John 15, and we'll just read uh, three verses here 18 through 20. If the world hates you, You know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, 
Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Have you ever encountered a co-worker or perhaps a, a relative who simply dislikes you, even hates you, and you find it hard to understand? I cannot understand people that have a disdain for me because I happen to be lovable in my own eyes. <laughs> and we can wonder, what is their problem? I have openly asked people who show me contempt, have I offended you in some way? What's with this attitude? So this verse by Jesus, we are hated by the world just like the world hated him. Jesus tells believers, we are to be known for our love. Now Jesus tells the same believers, the world is known for hatred, especially towards Christians. Now, we battle against powers and principalities, and those powers and principalities are real, and they are of Satan. Sometimes that's a reminder to us that we have an enemy of our souls. And I can find myself thinking, oh, this world's not so bad. Life's kind of good right now. Uh, perhaps... It's a beautiful, happy place after all. And then I can watch the evening news or go to a family reunion, and it's a wake-up call. Jesus fully understood the world's hatred towards him and towards us as believers. And we should be a little bit alarmed when unbelievers think we're well we're okay nice guys Jesus said the world's gonna hate you perhaps they're just a little misguided in their hatred but Jesus continues if we were of the world we would be loved by the world but we find that to be not the way it is we find that we're hated by the world. Now, hate, it can take several different approaches towards us. There can be open confrontation where Christians are simply the enemy. Or we can be people who do not socialize with them because we're no fun. And that can also be a form of hatred. Years back, if I disliked you, you notice I didn't use hate, if I disliked you, I would relegate you to non-existence. 
I would have nothing to do with you, wouldn't talk about it, wouldn't waste my time holding a grudge against you. You were just non-existent, and that's a form of hatred. Hatred can be a comparison. Scripture tells us to hate your father and mother in comparison to loving Jesus. Now, does Jesus really mean hate mom and dad? No. He says, but in a comparison way. And that can be a form of hatred. So when we are persecuted, understand they persecuted Jesus with their unbelief. We don't, we don't see that sometimes, but it bothered Jesus that people did not believe. Jesus came as a perfect, sinless man, and because of his righteousness, because of being sinless, he was hated. In verse 21 through 25, Jesus gives the why. So let's read verses 21 through 25. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because you do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the world might, word might be fulfilled, which is written in the law. They hated me without a cause. <clears throat> we, being disciples of Jesus, are hated because of our relationship with Jesus. And because the world does not know or understand nor believe in God the Father who sent Jesus... They hate him too. This assessment by Jesus is true for unbelievers then, and it's true for unbelievers today. People want to put God into their own little category, into their own little box of thinking, and they try to make God into what they think God should be. Be. They don't allow God to be God. Example, have you ever heard someone say something like this? I can't believe in a God who allows bad things like sickness and diseases, who allows wars, who allows hunger. Let me correct that thought. When Adam sinned, Death, destruction entered into mankind's life. It wasn't God's plan. Birth defects, genetic diseases, right now they're lower than they've ever been. You know why? Because we abort babies that have problems. We kill off those with problems. Oprah Winfrey, one of my favorite people, was raised as a Christian. 
She rejects God on the grounds that she read in the Bible, God is a jealous God. And to her, jealousy can only be bad. God is jealous for mankind. He's jealous for us, his people, because he knows what is best for us, his people. When we consider the world's opinion of God and how they want God to bless their carnal desires and behavior, take me as I am, God. Don't try to change me. Just bless me for what I am. And we see many religion cults are formed, and these cults degrade themselves into satisfying lust. There is a common thread that runs through many of these cults, and one of them is sexual promiscuity. And they call lust love. These same cults, if given over to themselves, will sacrifice human babies and others to appease their God. Jesus, as true God, must declare the truth to mankind. And that's what he's doing right before he goes to the cross. He's talking to his disciples. He knows his time is short. And he's wanting to set home some very good principles. And he says, I have spoken truth to this generation and to all generations. And he says, therefore, man has no excuse for sin. You ever think about that? Jesus came and he declared what was sin. The Ten Commandments declare what is sin. Therefore, we have no excuse to sin. The Apostle Paul, he talks about coveting and how he would not have known coveting was a sin, except Scripture proclaims, do not covet. Paul says, my nature said, that's not necessarily wrong, but I read God's word and it told me that coveting is a sin. So when Jesus, the Son of God, speaks how the world hates him and how the world will hate us also, know this, the world hates God, God the Father, whom they claim to love. Hate can be expressed as a loveless, Attitude, not necessarily wanting to do evil to someone or not to receive or accept a good truth. You can be known as hating the truth. Our hate can be a disdain for a person, even spite for a person, and that is one form of hate, but hate is not to accept the truth also. Many times we're told, and they hated God because they didn't accept the truth of God. The Jewish leaders of Jesus' day knew the Shema. 
The Shema is simply, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But Jesus, now he tells them, you don't love God. In reality, you hate God. Mankind as a whole does not love the perfect, sinless Jesus. We are a minority. Christians are a minority worldwide. We're not the majority. And the religious leaders in Jesus' day rejected Jesus or they hated him. Jesus, he goes on, I have done works. I've done miracles, which no one else has done. And your reaction, he's speaking to the Jewish people, to my good works is hatred. You hate me for doing good. And this hatred is nothing more than sin. Now Jesus, he will go a little further. And he says, you don't stop at hating just me. You also hate God the Father who sent me. The ways of the world... The behavior of the world, at best, is loveless or hateful. A reasonable attitude towards Jesus and God should be one of admiration. Consider Jesus fully God, with all the power and attributes of God, being good, is hated by his own creation as a whole. Consider that. Why does man hate? In the psalm, Psalm 35, Psalm 69, both of these psalms speak of hating without a cause. Let me read you Psalm 109, three, three verses there. Verses 3 through 5. They have also surrounded me with words of hatred, and fought against me without a cause. In return for my love, they are accusers, but I give myself to prayer. Thus they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. The psalmist knew what he was writing about. Jesus is hated without a cause. In return for his love, they accuse Jesus of sin. Mankind, Jesus says, mankind has rewarded me evil for good and hatred for love. There are times when I will read about Jesus being confronted by the unbelievers and so forth and how he was rejected by them. I want Jesus to react with vengeance towards his accusers. Smoke them, Lord. And I'm like the sons of thunder. I want Jesus to call down fire upon these evil men. That's for them. But when I sin... I want grace and mercy. <laughs> it 
When my attitude is off base or evil, what do I want? A little mercy and a little grace. But Jesus concludes with this. They hated me without a cause. Now, that's a little difficult for us to understand, to be hated without a cause. Because we all have this inner desire to be loved by, by everyone around us. But Jesus says, they hated me without a cause. And when we are not loved as disciples of Jesus, even hated by people, remember Jesus' words, the world hated me before it hated you. These actually are words of comfort to know why some people dislike us, even hate us. But they should comfort us because they hated our Lord before they hated us. And Jesus, he is with us. And he understands the hatred that comes our way the persecution that comes our way because we identify with him. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father, I would pray that I would not be so sensitive to the world's opinion of me and the world's opinion of you, Jesus. That I would just relish in the fact, in the truth, that I know you and I know you up close and personal. And I know that you are a good God. And I know you gave your life for sinful man. Let me reflect upon the truth about you, Jesus, and not get caught up into petty feelings of of who favors me and who doesn't favor me and the world's going to hell in a basket and all these kind of thoughts, Lord. Let me be centered upon you and your goodness. Let me relish in the fact that I know the truth about you. And Lord, let us all be quick to share the truth about you. And we just pray that you would be loved and accepted by more and more every day for you come to seek and to save the lost. And Lord, we pray that you will bring forth the lost into your kingdom and help us to be good witnesses of you and not to be so easily offended by the world's hatred towards us. We pray for this and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.